Hi, everyone. I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway. Yay! So in this podcast, we discuss things related to musical theaters and plays. And in today's episode, we will be talking about Evita. Okay, I'm really excited for this. But before we get into all the excitement and the whole hoopla situation, let's go with a brief synopsis of the show so we'll know what we're talking about. The musical follows the life of Eva Peron from before her fame, her career in the entertainment industry, her political and charitable pursuits until her early death from cancer. It also explores her radical influence over both the people and the country of Argentina. So I guess we'll take this chance to also talk about like the history and a little bit of the impact of Evita as a musical. Um, So Tim Rice, who wrote the book and the lyrics to the musical, is the one who came up with the idea to create a musical about Eva Peron. In 1973, he heard about her story from a radio show and he started to do his own research and he got really, really into it, like so much so that he flew to Buenos Aires and he also named his daughter after Eva. So yeah, very much like a passion project for him. You see that he cares about it quite a lot. Um, He pitched it to Andrew Lloyd Webber, whom he collaborated with twice before. So once in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat and another time in Jesus Christ Superstar, which we covered. So you might want to give that a listen. Um, It seemed like it was a very popular strategy at the time because we had it happen several times, including actually our previous episode. But Evita was first released as a concept album before receiving a stage adaptation. He debuted in West End in 1978 to, uh, I'd say, pretty lukewarm, maybe even poor reviews. But uh, the musical received its Broadway debut a year later in 1979 with the legendary Patti LuPone playing Eva and the Randy Patinkin, who we've already seen in Sunday in the Park with George, playing Shay. Um, The musical was nominated for 11 Tonys, winning seven of them, including the big three, which are Best Musical, Best Score, and Best Book. And it was the first ever British musical to win Best Musical. Can you believe that? That is shocking. Right? Wait, which year was this? 1979. Okay. Still, that is shocking. Wow. Um, I know. So that was a shocking fact for me to see, but a lot of people might know Evita for a different reason. So... It had several international production and very successful Oscar-winning 1996 movie starring Madonna. So with that covered, what's your familiarity like with Evita before covering uh, it for the episode? (laughs) I feel like I said it so much now, (laughs) but I was just browsing through the website one day, right? And uh, before that, I think just randomly looking for musical stuff. And then I saw Vita and then I've seen it a couple of times on the on an internet. I just never click into it because it's like, what, two hours? And if it's not something that we're going to cover that week, I don't have the extra time to like actually watch it. So obviously I didn't really watch anything. I don't really know. It's just like a name that left an impression in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aside from that, you know me, so I never listened to any of the songs, or I barely listened to any of the songs before we record anything, so obviously I won't look for Avita songs um, just out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So that is as far as my familiar familiarity with the musical. 
And last week after our big La Mis, I was still really proud to be like, oh my God, La Mis mode. And, uh, <laughs> but it was my time to choose, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, shocking. I didn't pick La Mis, Becky did. And it was my time to pick musical this time. And I was like, all right, going down the list. And I saw Evita and I'm like, I recognize that name. So what do you think? And it doesn't sound like a very depressing, sad musical that has a lot of people dying and like, you know, all that stuff that Becky doesn't like. So <laughs> I was like, ah, okay, maybe we'll give that a try. And uh, and Becky agreed to it. So that's how it came to be. But yeah, other than that, honestly, it's just a name that I've seen before and nothing else. Do you want to talk about like me saying it's an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical and you're saying maybe we shouldn't cover it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's just maybe get it off our chest. I <laughs> I heard that it's uh, one of his musical and I was like, no, maybe not. Just considering <laughs> how much of the pain that well maybe not pain but like I had to go through a lot of it when we were covering his musicals before and uh that just say I'll say Phantom I didn't really dig any of his other works so it was a risk that I was hesitating to take or not but I think eventually we want to give it a try so here we go maybe like what is this like a fourth try or maybe a third. I can't remember. I can't. No, no, no. It's our fourth, I believe. So we did fourth? Phantom. No, cats. it's our. F- is it we our have fifth? cats? No. So we have Phantom. We have cats. We have Jesus Christ Superstar, and we have School of Rock. So this is our fifth. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's our lot. fifth Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. <laughs> yeah. I never realized it until now that you said it, because I only thought about it from my perspective, very selfish of me. But it's true that apart from Phantom, you never liked any other Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. Like I liked Cats, Shocking. for example. Okay. Uh, even though I really didn't like School of Rock and I was lukewarm on Jesus Christ Superstar. I at least like Cats in addition to this one. And I knew a couple of other musicals of his like before covering it that I did like. So for you, it was actually a real gamble. And I haven't considered that. It was like, why is she so reluctant about the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical? And now it finally hit me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what, like 20% of the time that Ashley Dick is music. Oh, I guess that give it away. Yeah, but that, anyways. that gives it away. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure uh, yeah. whether you'd like it or not. Now, I guess I know. But uh, as a disclaimer, I guess it's a good time to put it. What we have seen specifically for this recording was the 2012 uh, Broadway revival with Ricky Martin and Elena something. I don't remember her name. I believe his name is Ricky Martin. He's like a big, yeah. famous person. Oh, you but- never heard his songs before? I have seen him on Glee. <laughs> that's it okay I think so what is what is a famous song of his living la vida loca oh yes do you I'm know definitely yeah yeah it. is it his yeah, originally or did he do like a cover no it's his song originally okay um yeah so we've seen the version with him and Elena Rogers um <laughs> sorry Roger and um yeah this is probably the worst version available to introduce Claire to the concept of Evita uh, so I'm sorry about that, Claire. Uh, we just we decided before that if we're going to do the stage version rather than the Madonna movie, and uh, this is probably like the easiest and best quality version I could find. And it's compared to the three other versions 
that I've seen. So I've seen this one and two others. I've seen the Madonna movie and I've uh, listened to the the Patti Lapone, Mendy Patinkin one. This is by far the worst. So I don't think I've given you the best introduction necessarily. Uh, again, apologies. And okay. uh, I found it very, very interesting because last week we talked about stunt casting and the way I connected it to what we're going to do this week, which is Evita, um, is the Madonna movie. But actually the stunt casting of the century in this one is the Ricky Martin one, which spoiler alert for my opinion, I think he was terribly miscast for the role. Like he did not do well. Anyway, how did it, how did it get here? Um, I guess we're talking about the versions and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, was, maybe I we think... should move on to your history with Avita. Yes. Thank you. So as I already kind of let loose, Adam, let the cat out of the bag, I have familiarity with Avita as a musical. So um, actually, my choir instructor, or my choir teacher, since it was actual class that I took, introduced us to Evita. I think she was probably bored or something, but she just like played it when she didn't want to practice, I suppose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, she played the movie version, so the Madonna version, and that is how I became familiar with it. I also heard a couple of songs performed on Glee, but I think that was later. Um, so that was my like that was what I was familiar with before after I still heard the cast recording I liked the movie that I like when I saw it it was very very well done in my opinion the songs were very catchy so I did listen to like cast recordings from the actual musical and I've listened to the original cast recording um and now to hear this is the first time that I see the stage version like actually see it not just listen hmm. to it did you know about the person prior to um, knowing the musical oh about Eva no I had no idea who she was okay good me too yeah I I assume like we wouldn't know it these kind of things like you wouldn't hear about this if you had your education anywhere in North America like usually you concentrate on your own country so I would know maybe some European history uh, Mm -hmm. but nothing about Argentina whatsoever like Mm -hmm. One of the central characters beside Eva Perone is Shay. And um, for some of the productions of Evita, they insist on Shay being Shay Guevara. And the other ones, he's more ambiguous, just like a random person named Shay. And it's not like set out right that he's Shay Guevara. And I don't know who that is. <laughs> mm. I'm, I'm sorry to say, I have no idea who he is. I know he was very, very popular. His face was very, very popular to put on t-shirts like 10 years ago. But apart from that and his name, I have no idea who he is. Do you? No, okay. no absolutely not. Okay, he's like some political figure. That's all I know. Okay. Um, and people, yeah. Have you seen like, have you seen his face? Do you know who, what I'm talking about? Like the trend of no. just having his face on a t-shirt was so huge 10 years ago. I have no idea why. Again, completely removed from that. No idea about foreign politics at all. But I wonder why it was so popular. People who do know, maybe let us, in, like enlighten us, give us a few clues and pointers to why this phenomenon existed. It would be really fascinating. But yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. So that's my background with Evita. Okay. Shall we go into the in-depth musical? Yes. Let's do that. (laughs) All right. So the musical opens with a slideshow of Ava's funeral, a truly moving occasion that saw millions of mourners. And Shay, which, as we mentioned, is the other central 
role in this musical. He's the narrator. He's cynically narrating the whole affair. He is essentially introducing us to the life of Eva as she rose in prominence up until her death. And Eva introduces herself at the very end of funeral. We cut to a flashback showing us the beginning of Eva's journey. A touring artist named Magadi sings in the town Eva is from. And after his performance, he and Eva hit it off, meaning they had like probably a one night stand. The next day, Eva, along with the town folk, pressure him to take her with him to Buenos Aires. He is very reluctant, but relents in the end. It's pretty clear that this was a transactional relationship, at least from Eva's side, I'm pretty sure from Megadi's side as well. And Megadi said she likely won't succeed as she is of lower class. And that's when we learn pretty much the only thing we know about her childhood, but it's very pivotal to who she is as a person. Her father, others, family was middle class. And when he died, they didn't let Eva and her family publicly attend his funeral. And as a result, Eva holds a grudge against the middle and upper class. Eva arrives in Buenos Aires and ditches Magadi pretty much immediately. She trades lovers in order to climb up the ladder in the entertainment industry, switching from model to radio star to actress. Meanwhile, there is a coup in Argentina implementing a military regime, and Eva is critical of said regime, saying it brings about the decline of the entire country, and the coup ends with the rise of Juan Perón's popularity as a politician. Following an earthquake in the country, a fundraiser has been erected where Magadi performs. Juan Perón gives a speech and Eva and Magadi cross paths again. Eva and Juan meet and hit it off. And Eva says that she can be surprisingly good for Perón's political career. They understand each other well and decide to have a long-term committed relationship. And as a result of said relationship, Juan gets rid of, well, Juan slash Eva gets rid of his other lover and pretty much the only song in a musical I dislike, which is another spoiler alert. Juan is running for president to the dismay of both the aristocracy and the military who are upset not only at Juan, but also with his match to Eva. Um, he is feeling really disheartened by the criticism, but Eva encourages him to continue onward since they have the support of the people. So we see Eva's campaign. Um, she's campaigning on his behalf, really. And she brings the fact that she's lower class to the workers to garner their support. And Act 1 ends just before the election, and it's kind of left ambiguous whether Juan will commit voter, voter fraud to get the votes or whether he will win them fair and square. And it's still left ambiguous the entire time. Act two opens with the victorious Perones, now married. Juan gives his victory speech followed by Eva, who says that while she initially only wanted fame and fortune, she found her true cause at last, and it's the people of Argentina. While the working class adore Eva, she still struggles to get respect from the upper class. Eva decides to go on an extravagant Euro trip to show the people of Argentina their strong and prosperous leadership. She manages to impress Spain and France, but Italy dislikes the Perón because they compare them to Mussolini, and England completely snubs them by not inviting them to the palace. Since Eva specifically created her entire political persona as a form like that is essentially communicating from the people to the people platform, the fact that she hasn't been helping them until now, like she promised, is a little bit odd, and she's been criticized for that. So Eva funds a charity which may or may not be a little bit shady. At a church event, Eva collapses and loses consciousness. While passed out, Eva and Chef finally meet and debate Eva's motive. 
She accuses Eva of taking advantage of everyone to improve her own standing while Eva rebuttals that she can't do much good from the sideline and she needed to advance for change to be made. At the end of their encounter, Eva admits that she's dying and wakes up. Juan has to contend with the fact that Eva is dying and what it means to him personally and also politically as she represents their era. Before dying, she runs for the vice presidency and the military is really like outraged that a woman is running for such a position. Juan supports her since the people love her and she's the reason he's president in the first place, but it's a major challenge as the military might stage a coup. Juan is also concerned about her worsening health, but despite this, Eva still runs for the vice presidency. She gives one final broadcast to the people asking for their support. And before dying, there's a really well done montage of everything Eva has done to get to this point and the impact she has made on Argentina. And then she dies. So yeah, this is how the musical ends. It's actually a pretty short summary now that I think about it. It's not a very long musical on all. It's like an hour and 45 minutes. Right. That is true. That is true. Yeah. So, um, where do you want to start? Oh, man. Where do we start? Uh, <laughs> all right. So, I think you mentioned that there is a song that you did not like. So, how about we can start there? Oh, okay. There's only one song that I didn't like in the entire musical. I thought the music was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And the song that I didn't like is Another Suitcase in Another Hall. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you remember the moment, do you? I do remember the moment. I remember the moment as uh, what the fuck is happening? Why do we need this number moment? Yes, exactly. That is the reason why I don't like this song particularly. I think even though it's kind of sappy, which is another reason why I don't like it, it just completely misplaced. There is no reason for it to exist within a musical. It's a catchy number. It's, It's well done vocally. And in another musical, I could see it being even good. But in here, it is completely out of place, not only vocally, like when I was listening to a cast recording in and of itself, like after years after watching the, the, the movie version, I thought this doesn't fit in at all because the voices sound so different and the style sounds so different. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, it's very, very out of place. So that's mm-hmm. the main reason why I don't like this particular um this particular number and also for the fact that it's a little bit sappy but it's more nitpicky or more up to taste mm-hmm. thank goodness you said that because uh I had it in my note saying omg boring song it can <laughs> they can definitely cut this one out who is she anyway like she is such a not important character nobody cares about her and not even the characters in the show care about her mm-hmm. and why should the audience really she doesn't even have a name yeah, she doesn't even have a name <laughs> what the- <laughs> yeah I was really struggling to understand why the song exists uh, so I'm really happy I'm not the only person who thinks that they think- really do not need a song for it oh for sure yeah. I think it's another Andrew Lloyd Webber moment if I had to Come guess on, yeah. because he has his ways in which she takes a song and pretty much creates an entire musical around it it happened several times most notably I think Cats but um yeah it just it doesn't work with this one I think he really wanted to shoot porn this particular number because he, he thinks it sounds good and I can see where he's coming from it just the fact that it's there and it's so out of place and make it seem horrible <laughs> to me Oh, man. All right. So you know what? This song actually has its own Wikipedia page. I know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you read it. But I have not. 
there is a section where he says, quote, the narrative of this section is so well structured that it is obvious the journey of the mistress is complete by her exit. This allows the audience to invest in a single moment while also learning more about Eva and, and Juan's character as they move forward in the story. And this actually is a quote from a guy in his book. So this guy, Mark Ross Clark, and his book, The Broadway Song, A Singer's Guide. I would say that as an audience, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I think the narrative is so weird in this one. But uh, I guess if you're a professional, you can have your own opinion. I respect that. That's okay. But it's interesting how this quote even made it to the Wikipedia page. And it's a long Wikipedia page. Let me tell you that. I'm looking at it now. It is actually very long. I don't know why. Yeah. I think half the page is resources, though. True. Um, so mm-hmm. you alluded to the fact that you don't like this musical in general. Is the score part of the reason? It's definitely, probably, if not the only and the main reason. <laughs> okay, maybe not the only reason, but it's mm-hmm. definitely one of the main reasons. Mm-hmm. I unlike you I think I hate almost all the songs in here they're just so weird so boring I don't I don't think his style suits me Becky man Mm. yeah I find it really hard to believe actually that this is the same person who wrote Phantom because I don't know what's happening like is he just different in Phantom and he made phantom like really out of nowhere and this is how his style usually is because mm-hmm. consistently over the many musicals that we cover so far I really find myself hard to like any of the songs that he wrote like he's really maybe a little bit better at doing the more emotional numbers um, like the slow songs like memory or music of the night um, but and Phantom, he proved himself to be able to write something that is a little bit more like Rocky and still sounds really good. So I don't know what the fuck happened. And a lot of his numbers, the notes are so repetitive. They have this really out of nowhere notes. It's, I can't even bring myself to explain what I don't like about them because they just don't work for me. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that might come off a little bit strong. Yeah, I think... Honestly, a lot of people might agree with you because he's a very polarizing figure within Broadway history or musical history in general. And uh, your opinion probably is the same that many other people hold. The other thing about him that I think people don't like is obviously his persona and the way he conducts himself as a person, which we put aside and we're not talking about, but... I do think that he is very polarizing with his musicals specifically as well. Nevertheless, this musical got a lot of support and maybe we can have a little bit of back and forth about the support and uh, the criticism I got. But for me, I find it very much in style with his usual stuff, which is why it's shocking to me that <laughs> you said what you said about the style on being consistent with like Phantom, for example, because I do think he's very, very, very consistent in the way that he conducts things at least his earlier stuff phantom and before in terms of the repetition i agree with you that due to the repetition songs that would be notable as standalones specifically don't cry for me argentina lose a little bit of their edge within the musical 
because there is a lot of repetition for Don't Cry For Me Argentina specifically. So actually they're using it as an identifying song for Eva in general. And because she is the central character, you would hear it very, very frequently in many other numbers that they're going through when it's her personality that needs to come through. So by the time you get to Don't Cry For Me Argentina in act two, you've heard it a lot. And she's not the only person who uses this melody. Like I believe Shay also sings the melody several times to identify her. And that's why it can get very old very quickly. Uh, there are other songs that they use very, very repetitively, all of them to identify specific themes or specific characters or maybe relationships. For me, it works because it tells me something about the character, something that they want you to think about in relation to the characters and themes that they want you to connect. So for me, it kind of works, but I did feel the fatigue specifically with Don't Cry For Me Argentina by the time that we got to it. So I understand your point there for sure. I can sympathize. So if you didn't like the majority of the songs, what are some songs that you did like? Were there any? I think the only song that I felt was kind of okay was uh, Buenos Aires. And that's oh, it. okay. That's another big one from the musical. Or at least I think it's big because it was covered in Glee. So I'm assuming other people know. Hmm. Well. well, they don't have their own uh, Wikipedia page for the song. That so, is true. Yeah. I'm surprised only four numbers here have their own Wikipedia pages. Based yeah. on what I can see. And Oh, What a Circus is one of them, which is also shocking. But um, so that is your favorite, Buenos Aires? Yeah, probably. Okay. For me, it was very difficult to choose a favorite. I think I'd settle on I'd Be Surprisingly Good For You. I really enjoyed it. It's kind of like a Latin dance tango. I don't know anything about dancing, but it gives me that vibe. And um the other standouts for me are any like military related song obviously lyrics are shocking like the sexism within the military related songs awful and that's the point of it but just like the marching portion of it it really resonated with me and it happened the same way with Miss Saigon so I feel like I just like military themed songs in general Mm -hmm. um those were very very good Another one that I liked is the chant for a new Argentina, which is like the voice for the people, which comes back again and again, but it's much more tasteful. And anything that involves the chorus, the chorus does a really good job. In the 2012 version, the stage and also the uh, chorus themselves, like everybody, the amount of characters on stage in general reduced by a lot. So there is very little set There are less, I think, like costuming uh, pieces and also there are less people in the the chorus, which is really, really sad. Did you listen to the cast recordings? I did. Do you know which one you listened to? Original cast recording from 1969. Oh, okay. That's very different. So you would probably also hear songs that didn't exist in the musicals. Yeah, probably. So yeah, very different from the actual thing that we've heard. I would recommend, if you want to give it another shot, the original Broadway cast recording. Is it not 1969? No, that's 1979. Oh, sorry, 1979, yes. Why did I say <laughs> 60? Yeah, that's the one I listened to. Oh, okay. And you didn't notice any differences between the version, the stage version that you watched and the recording? I didn't honestly pay too much attention because it took me a couple runs to actually get through all the songs it was that painful I have to listen to it while I was uh, working out 
And man, I really didn't think it was a good idea because I really couldn't <laughs> focus on the workout because <laughs> it was so bad. So I had to change it up. What was yeah. so bad? Just the, re- the repetitive nature of it? That and the fact that it doesn't even sound nice. Like if it sounds good and is repetitive, like maybe I'll get bored of it, blah, blah, blah. But I wouldn't mind it as much, you know, like not until a couple of listen at least but the nose were just weird I don't know how else to put it like mm. it just doesn't make sense to me okay I feel like I can't probably peer into like what makes it bad just because I don't see at all where you're coming from I feel like it's probably a matter of taste in this case maybe but with so many different genres that were employed here you couldn't find more than one song that you liked like there's so many. There's definitely like rock numbers or stuff that is more classical. There is military like march style. There is uh, Latin dancing tango style. And across all of these, you couldn't find more than one. Not just say a lot of these are like, okay, compared to the rest of the numbers, it's slightly better. Mm. But it's nowhere close to I will add it to my Spotify playlist. Good. So if we're comparing to like what I listen to it outside of the context to just purely enjoy the music, mm-hmm. it's a fucking hard no. But if you say, <laughs> okay, do you have like, you know, numbers that are slightly better than the rest? Like not everything is like minus 100%, <laughs> minus 100 uh, points bad. Yeah, definitely. There were things that were comparatively better. Mm-hmm. But it's on a really relative scale. Got it. Got yeah. it. So apart from the obvious, which is another suitcase and another haul, what's an example of a negative 100? Oh, man. I didn't really like She's a Diamond. I really didn't mm-hmm. like Waltz for Eva and Che. Che? Che? Mm-hmm. And um, Good Night and Thank You. Oh, no. That's one of my favorites. It might be my oh. second favorite. <laughs> Oh, oh, I really like the dissonance in there specifically. So Chase's okay. uh, number going into the dissonance between him and Eva less something is less something that I connected with. But when mm-hmm. they sing together and there is a very clear dissonance between how they sing it, I really enjoyed it. I like the aggressiveness in it. I think, but I can see I can see where you're coming from. I think it mainly boils down to a matter of taste. Yeah. I 100% agree I think it's just like a taste thing yeah I tried to actually so I went on a weekend trip to uh camping which is about maybe three hours drive around Toronto so I was really bored in the car it was a long drive and I decided to play this in the car so I can listen to it while I'm driving well I wasn't actually the one driving my boyfriend (laughs) was driving but anyhow so I played it and literally by the second with the third song my boyfriend had to like can you just shut it off because it was just so bad (laughs) you know what you should really invite him one day I feel like he's kind of like a third um host at this point because I always want to know what he thought about it like really when he sang like uh with lovely ladies for example that was such a funny thing funny detail (laughs) and now with this when he wanted to shut it off by the third song yeah yeah Um, it was just not good but that's an interesting thought maybe one day who knows Um, but yeah uh but okay so at least you guys have very matching tastes 
I would say so. There are definitely things that I enjoy and he doesn't. For example, I really enjoy the music in Rent and he hate it. And I also like La Miz a lot more than he does. Mm. But in my defense, he hasn't seen La Miz in person. So maybe that'll change his mind. Who knows? But anyways, we do have similar tastes for the most part of the time. So I'm glad that he's with me on this one. But at the same time, who knows what he will say. Maybe he will have a more analytic approach to why he doesn't like the songs. And that would be more interesting to listen to because I'm literally just ranting like, I hate this. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll ask him. We'll see. It's a place to clear everything. Put it in the open. If you hate something (laughs) with passion, this is your time to rant. (laughs) Lord knows I've done that before. So yeah, I I totally respect that this is not your style. I think it will be a difficult black and forth because neither of us is really backed by a lot of um, points or evidence as to why this is good. And this is not the point of this anyway. But I did enjoy the songs a lot. I did detect the themes throughout the um throughout the musical which is something that I liked doing I liked feeling smart I guess <laughs> where it's like oh this is a, rep- a repetition of this because of this and that um so maybe that's that's uh appealing to my ego and that's the reason why I enjoyed it more but mm-hmm. also I like the very the variety of genres I think I complained several times about musicals that just are repetitive because they sound the same and are the same genre. And uh, Murder Ballad comes to mind because it all sounded like one big giant song that like lasted for an hour and 10 minutes. Um, but this one has so much variations genre-wise that it spiced it up for me and made it very, very appealing. Should we move to the story? So the story, I'm really interested to see whether you would be more receptive towards that because it reminded me a bit of Elizabeth, which you did like. Honestly, in my opinion, it doesn't make me think of Elizabeth right off the bat. But Mm -hmm. now that you mention it, maybe somehow, sometime it would make that connection in my head but (laughs) right now it doesn't and I think the big reason is we do spend a lot more time exploring the inner thought of Elizabeth in the musical Elizabeth whereas in this one I feel like even though it's Eva's story but it's told a lot from Che oh my god Che Che is is Che right Listen, I just know that he's a political figure. I don't, and I know his face, and that is it. <laughs> okay, no, I was just trying to like figure out if that's how you pronounce his name. I'm not the person to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so it is told by uh, from his perspective a lot, and I feel like it's trying to create this conflict, this complex persona of of Eva to be like oh on one hand she's really adored by the people she's like um probably the leader of the working class that sort of stuff like she does a lot of charity work but at the same time there is controversy like oh did she take advantage of like sleeping her way up like maybe the charity work wasn't so honorable after all and things like that but a lot of it is literally only through Che's perspective and you don't really get to see a lot of like the inner struggle or personality of Eva other than you know she's ambitious and she's young and she wants to do all this stuff for her so Mm -hmm. when the song comes um Don't Cry For Me Argentina and 
act two, I was actually really confused because in act one, we see her as this ambitious young female individual who really only acts in her interest to like get to power and stuff like that. So she's like manipulative. Um, she's very quick on action and things like that. But then act two, all of a sudden, she found this higher calling to her destiny. Now she wants to fight for the country. Now she wants to fight for the people. Like, is there like an irony the show was trying to create here about how just hypocritical she is? Or um, if we are supposed to see her in a more positive light, it definitely creates sort of like a, a confusion because you don't really see this coming from anywhere. Like it wasn't hinted even in act one. So I don't really know how I should see her as a character in act two. And I did some homework after watching the stage version because I was really confused. And turns out that um, part of the reason why she died is because she was refusing treatment for uh, for her cancer. And part of the reason for that is because she wants to work to make sure that the woman who was given the voting right in like 1947 or something is actually exercising those rights. So it seems like there is another side of her that was more positive. And I just feel like the show really failed to bring that complexity out of her and it just seems like they're really trashing her for sleeping her way up and and doing all this like maybe questionable charity work that is like more of a money laundering and things like that so I don't know I, I don't know how to feel about Eva I think after the first watch I didn't like her very much because she's painted in this negative light and after doing some homework I feel like it was a little bit unfair to what they did to her um as a historical character or person sorry and and it just didn't feel right to only see it from one angle I feel like if they wanted to say that oh this is a person with a lot of stories and a lot of like ways to look at her and what she did and why she's so significant in Argentina then we need to see a little bit more from Eva herself rather than just from Chase's perspective, which mm -hmm. is, to me, very one-sided. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm done. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. It's really interesting that you see it this way because I saw it a completely different way. And maybe okay. that's also part of the reason why we have such different opinions on the musical itself. I saw the musical as more of a conversation between the good that she does and the more questionable things that she does and it's more so coming to her defense rather than and glorifying who she was as a person than criticizing her even though the criticism is certainly there which makes sense considering she's a political figure but um I really see the musical as glorifying her a lot more than you do and maybe the reason why is for me, it's a dialogue. So anything or not even anything, but a lot of uh, Shay's points are the ones that are criticisms, while the story itself removed from Shay, I think, is almost like a Cinderella story or a coming of age story where she is a protagonist that is relentlessly working towards the betterment of herself and also the people, which we've seen from the very beginning. 
And I think anything that is removed from uh, the criticism of the narrator and even some of the things that he says as the narrator glorify her to an extent too. But um, that portion of the story totally glorifies her and shows her as a figure to be revered and to aspire to be like. When you think about it, and it's mentioned several times, the timeline for this is the 40s mainly. And this is the only way for a woman to climb to the top from the position that she was at, which is lower class. So much so that she wasn't even able to be publicly seen at her father's funeral, who was a little bit of a higher class than her. So she did the only thing that she could, and she was smart enough to be able to do that and politically savvy enough to do that when nobody believed in her and everybody believed that she would fail. Like at the very beginning, Magadi um, said that women like her will never survive in the city and he sees the city chew them up and spit them to the ground over and over again and she was able to not do that so I think because of that the story glorifies who she is and her abilities to uh to materialize her ambitions in a way but it also doesn't ignore the fact that she is political and even though she has been loved by millions she has some things that might be considered a little bit shady or a little bit false. So because of that, it's more of a dialogue, in my opinion. And it's materializing as an actual dialogue, or in this case, it was an actual dance, in their waltz, which um, Shay is saying to her face everything that he said as a narrator the entire time, which is, you're only doing it for yourself. You're sleeping your way up to, uh, to make yourself be more grandiose as a person, to reach the level of fame and glory that you wanted. And she said, I would never amount to anything if I didn't do that. And I wouldn't be able to help anybody if I didn't do that. And they didn't mention she has charities and stuff like that and things that she did that were good um, enough to make a substantial impact. So because of that, I see it a very different way than you, I think. Mm -hmm. I feel like you do have a good point. But in that case, I just kind of hope that they do spend a little bit more time talking about the good that she did, kind Mm. of. Um, because kind of like what we seen in Diana, for example, like she is Ooh, absolutely adored by harsh comparison. I know, but in my mind, it is a little bit similar in that sense. I don't know, like what does she actually do? Like she has this great defense about oh, she only she can only do good if she's in a position of power, which I absolutely agree. And I also don't want to shame her for like whatever method she had to use to go up her social status and actually be in power. I think is actually pretty incredible. But just what actually did she do and what sort of impact did she make is mm-hmm. something that was missing. And I hope that I elaborated a little bit at least. So that would make her argument in the Waltz with Che a lot more powerful, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So in this case, how I visualize it at the very least, mm-hmm. that does cover for it. Though I do think that there is room to improve that. Maybe they can cut another suitcase in another hall and put <laughs> something about her Definitely. success and her charitable work that is not just critical. Because in that sense, it is leaning towards more critical than something that is glorifying. But her connection to the lower class and the working class, particularly throughout the entire musical, 
that is a huge part of who she is and it's something that elevates them and makes them feel empowered and she did mention that she's working towards improving things for the lower class you do see her do some charitable stuff when she collapses like when the little girl sings and she's with her and she's uh she is helping her out so you do get to see some of it there is room to see more of it what you had in terms of the criticism for not being able to see who she is to an extent I agree with that what I was missing is a number like in the eye of the hurricane because Hamilton is very very similar in the case that we don't see necessarily a lot of reflection we've seen people talk about him and we see a lot of the um, themes around the musical and a lot of the uh, the conflict that he's going through but then we also get a moment like in the eye of a hurricane in which he talks about his own personal struggles and his own opinions and thoughts and emotions. And that's what I'm missing from Evita as a musical. Mm -hmm. I think if they had that, it would have been even better for me. And I like this musical in general. Um, Mm -hmm. So I do agree that there is definitely room for improvement, but there is also room to see it as a dialogue. uh, If you read a little bit more into it and also if you maybe, maybe, um, maybe listen to it a couple more times. Okay. Okay. How do you feel about Evita or about Eva? Sorry. I do feel like she demonstrated a lot of the strong traits and, and qualities that made her so famous. And mm-hmm. the fact that she, she is remembered by so many peoples is absolutely incredible. So for that, definitely credit is given where it should be given. But it's just, as a person, I don't know. And I think we already sort of like talk about that. Okay, that's that's definitely fair. Yeah, but how about you? I think she's also very divisive as a character. You get to see a lot of people that I'm sure would love her and a lot of people that would hate her. I think it's by design because any political figure is going to be very divisive and uh, a lot of people would love them and a lot of people will hate them. And I don't think this musical comes with a very um, clear agenda to say, like, for example, let's take Diana if we're already talking about it. I think mm-hmm. Diana is definitely a, a very glorification or a glorifying musical that is easy entertainment. And it tells you exactly what to think and what to feel at any point of the story. Uh, Hamilton is also a, an example of a musical done well that is definitely meant as a glorification of the, of the character. I think something like Elizabeth is more up to interpretation and the character has a lot more gray zones within them where you can have your own feelings at certain points about them. So for example, Act One, I think she's considered very much an underdog and she would probably be a lot more likable as a, as a person. She rose from the very bottom of society to the very top and we were able to see exactly how she did and how she held her own in a very difficult time and situation whereas in act two she's already very established and you get to see a lot more of her shady uh behavior so maybe you would really like her in in certain instances instances in act one but in certain instances in act two you wouldn't like her so because of that i think there is a lot of room to um discuss what points you do like her and whatnot which is something that I love about a character like there is a room for discussion and also I feel like the way that different actresses will play the part will make a huge difference so I think the version we watched she made her seem a lot more politically shrewd and she made her seem more like interested in her own ambition compared to helping others 
Whereas I'm sure somebody else would make her seem more caring towards the people, for example. And the same with, well, I don't know if it's the same with, with Shay. Ricky Martin did a horrible job as Shay Guevara, I have to say. Oh, not Shay Guevara, but as Shay as a character. I have to say that. A truly horrible, horrible uh, job. And I did like him in Glee. <laughs> I want to say that outright. And uh, what is it called? La Vida Loca? That is a good song. Mm-hmm. but not good at all here. So because of that, you have room to really dive into it, which I like. It, it works for me. Okay. And okay. I'm leaning, I think, overall, if we want to answer the point, the question point of length towards liking her, I do appreciate the struggle and what she had to go through, raising her way to the top, her ambition, and uh, especially in a time like this in the political era she was into. So it couldn't have been an easy feat, and she managed to do it, and she managed to still be very likable to me, at least as a character. So kudos to to that and also kudos to the fact that there is no clear narrative in my opinion within the musical there is no agenda and you can decide whether to like her or not and it's not clear what they want you to think in my opinion Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you like her though yeah yeah so I am leaning more towards liking her I like her less in act two which is why I mentioned the whole thing about the starting from the bottom and then going to the top and then act two being already very established and being shady I like her overall, and I really respect her as a character, knowing nothing about her politically apart from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is definitely depending on the situation. It's not like a blind adoration of her necessarily. Okay, that's fair. What do you think about the whole situation of having a narrator? I think I do like it because it provides another perspective and also it kind of like just push it along instead of like having to kind of bear through and see events after events after events like we did in Diana. Mm-hmm. So I do think a narrator kind of makes sense. But what do you think? I also think he makes sense. Okay. I think it wouldn't have worked as well without him. Yeah, same. Okay. I think we probably exhausted everything, unless you want to talk about something else. I'm sorry. Did I make it, like, very no, boring no, and no. and stuff? Not at all. I think the fact that you dislike it and have a different opinion for me makes it more interesting in my eyes. Oh. <laughs> Do you think I have points, though? Or is, like, Claire is not making anything? Uh, well, Claire is not making any sense. No, no, no. I think... I don't know how to put it, so I'm trying to think about it, especially since my brain is very, very foggy today. I'm sorry, I did not have much sleep. I think you have very good points regarding the book and the differences that you would have liked to see and uh, the moments that are necessary in order to make the story better. In the music, I feel like it mainly stems down to personal tastes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> How about me? Is there anything you'd like to? Is there anything you'd like uh, to to discuss more, oh, or you just no. want to? I just I just thought it was interesting that you also have a very different opinion on mm-hmm. the, the character and the plot, especially. So it's good to know that it's not downstray horrible kind of. So it I, I think after hearing what you had to say, it sort of changes my mind slightly, just mm. so that I know that okay, there's this different way of looking at it. And that may make it a little bit more interesting for me. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think 
some big Broadway musicals, I don't understand the hype around them. In this case, I do. And, you know, it can be the same for you. Like some Broadway musicals, you completely understand the hype and I don't. And that's kind of like complimentary towards each other. So I do definitely like that. And I also think you have like a, a little bit of a, of a type maybe. So like, for example, with this one, Shay is a really, really good character. He's like contributing a lot to the plot. And in Elizabeth, there is also a narrator who doesn't necessarily want Elizabeth to succeed because he wants her to die. Um, so he's a little bit critical of her or tries to get her to give up and stuff like that. So that's another similarity that I see between the two of them, apart from the fact that both of these women are very politically active, but are married to somebody who is like the ruler. They're not active by themselves and maybe are remembered more than the original ruler too. So there are a lot of similarities that I can see between Elizabeth and, mm-hmm. uh, and Evita, which is why I was not sure of how you would lean because <laughs> I always try to figure this out like oh would Claire like this would Claire not like this and in this case I was really? actually yeah for sure wow. I try to like anticipate what's your reaction gonna be like and with this case I actually was leaning towards you liking it not loving it but liking it so Ooh, what would be your reason because I thought you would actually enjoy the songs um and also I thought you would enjoy the story based on the fact that you liked Elizabeth hmm I feel like maybe I just don't do very well with uh biographical musicals in general because I just tend Mm. to be kind of indifferent towards them because to me it's not really like there's a a message or a lesson well maybe there's a lesson sometimes but to me a lot of times it's like kind of like reading a biography about just learning who this person is and what they did and things like that Mm -hmm. and when I'm literally just watching or witnessing what happens to the person I guess it's just really hard for me to be emotionally invested Mm. so maybe that's why and also like maybe knowing that it's based on the real person that exists in the history (laughs) um, it just makes me kind of be more reserved for Uh them Mm-hmm. that makes if sense it's fictional, well. maybe I'll be more um, emotionally engaged I think I thought you might like it even because it was a biography because out of the biographies we've seen I think you liked the two out of the three nobody liked the third one which is Diana but I think you liked Elizabeth pretty like you liked it well enough and you mm-hmm. also liked Hamilton well enough so maybe because of that I thought there might be even a higher likelihood of you liking it but Uh, I completely misread it (laughs) maybe so anything else you want to talk in the context of the musical I've seen a lot of people say that Eva and Juan are not actually in love with each other Mm -hmm. and I don't know if that's also the feeling you got Um, obviously if you're only looking at the musical then he is always like defending her and stuff so I guess it's pretty clear to see but I just wonder like if that ever was something that you thought of that is something that actually crossed my mind whether they love each other or not I didn't settle on a definitive answer on how I see it I definitely think they like each other as people Mm -hmm. I am not sure about if they love each other okay like romantically right because I also saw a lot of people online saying that 
they have a more of a father-daughter relationship that I did not get <laughs> that oh, I did okay. not get okay. I got I think they respect and like each other as people that's for sure and I like the relationship that they do have I don't know if they love each other if anything I'm leaning towards him loving her and her like just liking him mm-hmm. if I had to really really make a statement about what I think right now I would say they like each other and respect each other as people rather than it being a mutual love did you lean into a particular way um I don't think I know enough <laughs> to have like a definite answer to be like this is how I view it but I just think it's interesting because apparently well historically they did exchange a lot of letters that express their feelings and the care that they have for each other but I don't know if it's actually romantic because if you're looking at the facts they did not live together even though they're married right so that is really up to interpretation as to what ha- what happened like do they just not get along do they have this well so-called father-daughter relationship and that's why they're not like sexually engaged or like what what's happening so I guess it's interesting in that sense and a lot of people have their own theories I don't really have my own but I was just curious to see what you thought yeah I don't know anything about the real life people I'm just judging it based on the musical so Mm. based on the musical it does seem to me like they're more just mutual respect and based on the uh the uh which one which one was his song about her she's a Uh, diamond she's a diamond yeah yeah based on that if I had to guess about romantic feelings I would say his were stronger but it is also a very expedient relationship to the both of them, which is also like a huge theme in the entirety of the musical, whether it's okay for people to use each other like this, if the outcome is mutually beneficial, for example, or whether it's not. So that's part of the other things I really enjoy in this, because there is a lot to think about. And the whole musical is structured like a debate, which I love. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's that's a point of of the uh, towards the musical okay okay what do you think about the casting issue because I know one of the controversy about this musical is that it uh, the role of Eva is rarely given to a, a Latino origin um, from what actress. I understood Eva yeah. is not like like she's she's white Latina so she oh. is of French Spanish or Italian or something like that descent and she's not like she's not a Latina I don't know Hispanic Latina person from what I've heard but if that's the case I also am not the person to ask about this um I think it would be it might be a bit more reasonable for just a a white person to play her rather than a Latina person but if if she is actually of like Latin descent or if she's from like Latin American descent then that that is definitely uh, wrong or uh more more questionable but Mm -hmm. if she's a white Latina I think it it makes more sense at least it's more defensible uh, defendable yeah yeah okay that makes sense yeah um the casting that I do want to talk about is the fact that Ricky Martin is not dead. <laughs> <laughs> you seem to have a very strong opinion on it's that. so bad I mean this is not how Shay is supposed to be like like he couldn't keep the snarkiness that is really apparent in the lyrics like the lyrics is like majority of them is a criticism or just bringing the voice of the people which is not always kind and the entire thing is just he has such a charming personality he brings everything with a smile he seems kind of like a big teddy bear and he's 
he's very good natured. He can't pull it off. Hmm. He can pull it like his voice sounds good, but his acting just doesn't work at all in here in this role. Based on the lyrics alone, you're supposed to see somebody who is a lot more critical and analytical about her, and you don't see that reflected in the performance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a strong opinion of him. I guess is because vocal-wise, he sound okay. So I didn't really have an issue. And he, also, this is like the only version I've watched. So yeah. can't really make that comparison. But I guess if you're saying that, then interesting. I, I mean, based what on the lyrics, think right? Of, think of it, I guess. Based on the lyrics. Yeah. Um, I guess you also listen to the Mandy Patinkin version of him, which is different, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Mandy Patinkin does an incredible job. And... Uh, yeah, I, I really dislike Ricky Martin in this role. I know people have complaints about Elena Roger as Eva. I liked her performance fine, actually. I think that the edge that she brings to the songs and the lyrics make up for maybe a little bit of difficulty with the range. It's a very difficult role, very, very demanding vocally. So I understand somebody having a little bit of difficulty, but her acting abilities more than make up for it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did like Juan though whoever played him did a good job okay yeah I think so too I didn't really enjoy this version of Eva's vocal all mm-hmm. that much yeah that's and- understandable mm-hmm. <laughs> and the songs were not good to begin with so I really do not have like a strong opinion to like prefer her version over the others oh, I'm interested to see what other version will look like though just because you seem like have a very strong opinion on like this version I watch is like the worst. It is. So maybe, maybe <laughs> it will change my opinion somehow. I mean, you also listen to the cast, the Broadway cast recording, which in my opinion is the best version, which I wish that you would listen to it like a few more times. Not, not that you have to or, or whatever. Like I know yeah, that you're really doing like this on anyway. and off, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I'm not saying you have to, but I wish just for the sake of comparison that I had this data <laughs> and I could make you compare and contrast between them in a meaningful way because I see such differences between the way these two roles are performed that I wish we could discuss this a little bit more. But Patti Lapone, she has the pipes. She has the voice. She can carry... The the songs in this really really well and even with Patti Lapone, I think in relation to this role if I remember correctly she mentioned that Andrew Lloyd Webber treated her like it was a war or something like that and he really really makes her work very hard for it and I think it's because of this role that their relationship soured well not completely mm-hmm. like this was a this was a huge factor towards souring their relationship because he made her work super duper hard and it's a very very difficult role so yeah, even even with her, somebody who's as good, great, and legendary of a singer, it's it's a difficult it's a difficult mm-hmm. role. But the acting from uh, Elena or Elena, I'm not sure how you pronounce her name, but uh, her acting I think is very very good. And for me, it's made up for the few issues that she had vocally. She only had a few, I think, for the majority of the things she made do with her vocal range too. Okay. So I think with that, we can probably go to the quiz portion. Okay. Because this is involving real life people that I know nothing about because I didn't read into their politics and whatever. I didn't want to do a which character are you. So we're going to do this instead. Okay. So 
the quiz today is which Andrew Lloyd Webber musical should you star in? And this is from Zoot.com. I think for you, there is only one acceptable answer. So it's very high stakes. We will see. We'll see. <laughs> what is your favorite pet? Cat, dog, fish, bird. Dog? Cat. Really? Well, I want a cat too, but um, I am leaning towards a dog now. Oh my goodness. Character development right there. I know. I know. Which Only you- the big dogs. I hate small dogs. Yes. I had no yeah. doubt in my mind. It's a, yeah. <laughs> it's a great day nor nothing for you. No, I'm joking. No, it's not. <laughs> Which musical do you like most? Grease, Hamilton, Oklahoma, my fair... Why are they doing this to me? My Fair Lady. Which one of them? I only watched two of them. You didn't watch Grease? No. Oh. Ideas, ideas. My Fair Lady. Did you know? It just happened yesterday, I think, as time of recording. But Olivia Newton-John died and she was Sandy from Grease. Very, very sad. May her rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, I'll go with My Fair Lady. Really? Okay. I think you gave it a lower score than Hamilton, if I remember correctly. Okay. I'm glad that this changed. <laughs> I think it's so difficult for me. They're making me choose between Hamilton and My Fair Lady. Uh, I'll go with My Fair Lady, too. I'm sorry, <laughs> Hamilton. Okay. What New York City landmark would you most like to visit while you're on Broadway? The Empire State Building, the Statue of Liberty, Times Square, Central Park. Central Park? I liked visiting the Statue of Liberty, I think, most. Which Andrew Lloyd Webber song do you like most? The Jellico Ball, Don't Cry For Me Argentina, New Ways to Dream, Close Every Door. Oh my god, none of these are from Phantom, and I don't think you know two of them. Yeah. Oh, why are you doing this to me, Quiz? Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't remember what the, the Jericho ball sounds like now. Oh, my God. I think it's a 10-minute uh, number. It's my Man, don't cry for it's me. It's a 10-minute dance number, I think. Well, at least it's not. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Uh, you're going with Don't Cry For Me, Argentina? Mm-hmm. I think I'll go with Close Every Door, which is from Joseph. How would you, how would your friends describe you? My friends would say I'm optimistic. My friends would say I'm a force to be reckoned with. My friends would say I'm a dreamer. My friends would say I'm a good person. I'm a good person, hopefully. Yeah, I'd go with uh, you're a good person. Thank you. How how would you rate your singing ability? (laughs) Ah, I'm a decent singer I have some training I'm a great shower singer I could use a few lessons I'm a great shower singer same how do you rate your acting ability oh no I'm sure I can be taught I have been in theater forever I'm a good actor there is always room for improvement um how about something that just can't be helped? Yeah, but, honestly, like the worst yeah. that you've ever met probably for me, but there's no uh, option like this. I hate acting. I don't know. There's always room for improvement. Is that yes. the least one? Yeah. I think so. That's what I'm choosing. Okay. Okay. What would you do to overcome stage fright? I would do some yoga. I would go for a walk. I would have a drink. I would do some breathing exercises. I would have a drink. 
not ideal if you're in musical, but um, they didn't I don't specify know. a drink of what. Oh, that is true. Maybe it was like a nice chamomile tea that's supposed to relax you or something. Maybe. I think I'd go for a walk and walk away from the stage and never come back. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Oh my Jesus Christ. <laughs> how much longer? Okay, how about in this, from this point forward, I'll stop reading them out loud and we'll just do them and whatever we have, we have. Okay, sounds good. All right, so what did you get? What did you get? No, you're going to go first this time. Why am I going first? Do we have a tradition Because I always go first. And that's tradition. Tradition should be kept. No. <laughs> I love that. No, oh my God, it's so cute. Um, fine. I didn't, I don't know this musical. You got Sunset Boulevard. This is a very long description as well. If you were to star in an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical, you would be the star of Sunset Boulevard. In fact, you would play the role of Norwood Desmond because you believe that there is always the chance for a comeback. No matter what life throws at you, you know that you can bounce back when given the opportunities to do so. You will never stop chasing your dreams and never find your drive inspirational. You know that things will never be the same, but you live with the hope that they can be even better. You are an inspiration to the people around you. Never give up. I don't know if it's a diss or not, but that's what I got. Okay, I got the exact same thing. Oh, so that's nice. I really wonder um, what would it take to have a different result? Because I feel like we had sort of like a different answer for quite a few of questions and we still got the same thing. I so, think we had probably the same answers for 50% of the cases or over. But what if I had to gamble on one thing? I think it would be if you were to write a musical, what would it be? What did you answer? I think I said um, the personal thing. Oh, okay. I didn't answer the same thing. Uh, <laughs> it would be say? about the possibilities in life. Oh, okay. 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 And you answered it would be about a personal triumph, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what it is, but we got the same answer. So it could be yeah. a diss or it could be a great thing for us whenever, if we do cover Sense of Boulevard, I guess we'll find out. But we are like Norma Desmond. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah, at least we got the same thing. So that's okay. Right. And neither of us know what we got. So that's also good. I'm just glad that you didn't outshine me and get something in Phantom. So. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Uh, I know, right? Yeah. But I suppose with that, we can move on to the final segment, which is the final ranking. Okay, sure. So I feel like based on what I said in this episode, um, yeah, you would guessed it. And my score is probably going to be like a three out of 10. Oh, I never understood how bad it was. <laughs> Remember how I told you like below five is like, I won't want to go and see it. <laughs> and, and even this if somebody gave you the tickets category. for free, right? Three to five, it's like a range where maybe depends on my mood and my and my time but uh anything below is three definitely is like a hard no that's pretty open-minded you know like if three to five is the range of I might see it if I get it for free it's like oh you know kind of still sort of open to it it's not mm, too bad yeah but it's like literally the bottom of that range so yeah. anyways so I'll give it three out of ten I don't even know. Was there any food that was like mentioned? Oh, the beef, uh, the, the the beef business. 
The beef business. Okay, 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 okay. Did you get that reference? No. Okay, so I think in the worlds of Eva and Che, they talk about the beef business in Argentina was once really, really popular and big, and then now is the oh yes, now the team shed. I do remember the line. Good one. Um, for me, I'm gonna give it an eight point five out of ten, and I'm gonna go with unfortunate Ricky Martin casting. Okay. <laughs> I can feel how bad it is for it it was for you. It was just very, very shocking because I think he did a good job singing. It just he was really miscast. It wasn't that he was like even bad. Like I don't want to even say that he was a bad like performer, but mm. he's horribly miscast in this role. My God. Like I was trying to think it through and I was like, even though I really, really liked the uh, performance of uh, the person who played Juan in, uh, in the version that we watched, the only way I could kind of see Ricky Martin succeeding in this musical is maybe as Juan or as, um, as um, McGarty. People who like Ricky Martin don't come after me. I think that I like him in Glee. <laughs> so I like him in Glee. So yeah, that is it for Avida. If you want to discuss this episode with us, anything we covered in the past, or you want to give us recommendations, please feel please feel, please feel free to do so through our social media at Podway Podcast at uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit. And if you're not a social media person, neither are we. You can contact us via email at podwaypodcast at gmail.com. And with that, thank you so much for listening and bye.